Last Sunday, if you missed it, uh, it was one of those were you there kind of Sundays, one that we'll not soon forget. Uh, you could literally feel God, God moving the church forward, moving all of us uh, closer to him. Uh, I mean, we just went places last, last Sunday. It was phenomenal. And, uh, and thank you, Lord, uh, for, for what is happening here in our church. We're in a series called From Here to, to There. And we're talking about the things that will get your faith in gear and give you some, some good spiritual traction in your spiritual life. We want you to grow. We want everyone that's here to be growing spiritually. We want you to know that you're growing. We want you to be able to see that you're growing. We want it to be obvious in your life. You look back three months you know, from now and say, wow, I'm, I'm not there. And you look back six months and say, look, look what God is doing in my life. That's what we want for every one of you. We don't want you to stay where where you are, we want you to be moving forward, and we want, uh, we want to be a growing church full of growing people. I think that's be a, a great image for us, is just to be a, a growing people and a growing church at the same time. The series is online. If you miss a week, you can go back and uh, watch each, each week. Uh, the first week of the series was Don Ingersoll talking about, how, about community and how we all need to be in quality relationships with other believers. That's God's design for each of us. And along with that, we're launching a new group. It'll be week three this morning of a group called Common Grounds, especially for those of you who are in first service because the group is in the second service. Right now over in the Life Center, there's a large group of people taking the Alpha course, and we're inviting you, we hope, we're trying to tempt you into staying for that second hour and just go across the lobby to, uh, to the old sanctuary, the Life Center, and stay there for another group called Common Grounds. We'd love to help you with that. Another initiative that we're doing is called Section Host. And uh, we want to be doing this in both services where there's, there's someone who's, who's looking after, you know, a small section of the church and just trying to help you get better connected uh, to one another. And an easy thing that, that we can all do is just stay after church. Just, just stay for a few minutes rather than bolting for the door and uh, putting the blinders on and hoping not to make eye contact with anyone. And if you sit, you know, in the general same area each week, then get to know uh, the people in, you know, two or three rows there that are, that are around you. You go to the same church, it'd be good for you to get to know those folks. I'm often introducing two complete strangers. Like this often happens to me at Starbucks. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll realize that I'm talking to two different people and they don't know each other. And I'll say, well, you guys go to the same church. And they're like, oh, cool. what service do you go to? You know, and then they connect. And uh, so you, we're trying to help you get to know other people. Week two of the series, I talked about prayer and how it's, in terms of prayer, we can't stay where we're at as individuals and as a church. We need to pray like never before, to see God move like never before. And we want to see God move like never before. Last Sunday was Pastor Dave's epic sermon on worship. Today we're going to talk about another uh, key component in your, in your faith journey, in your spiritual life, that can just be like lighter fluid, just whoosh. And, and it can really uh, fan the flames for Christ in your life. Okay, audience participation time, get, get one hand free, okay? Uh, those, and those of you who are at Cafe Church later tonight, play along and uh, raise your hands with us and uh, you'll be okay. Okay, how many of you, regardless of, of how long you've been coming uh, to Moncton Wesleyan or how long you've been a, a, a believer, a follower of Christ, how many of you would say 
that you're here right now because someone invited you, okay? How many of you would say, I'm probably here. Come on, get, the, get them up high. Come on, come on, come on, come on. How many of you say, I'm probably here because, see, look around. Very cool. How many of those, those of you who raised your hands, how many of you had to be asked more than once? More than twice. You know, 10 times. And someone didn't give up on you. And someone uh, was determined, you know, just to, just to keep inviting you. We cannot forget, Moncton Wesleyan, that we do what we do in order to bring others to Jesus. That's why we do what we do. Once you find Jesus in your own life, your mission is to lead others to Jesus. Found people, find people, right? And I think it's easier for a large church to lose sight of this because you can, you can come into the service and just think, well, there's, there's lots of people here. The large church can feel like, well, we've, we've already arrived. You know, we're, we're there. We pay the bills. We get big numbers. We have a large staff. We have all kinds of, of ministries. We send missionaries around the world and, and on and on. But, but a large church, just because we're large, doesn't mean that we, we, have, you know, we can just shut it down. We don't need to reach anybody else. We've, we've arrived. We can't, we can't do that. Another challenge for the large church is to preach what I'm, I'm going to be preaching this morning, what I am preaching, on leading people to Jesus without it coming across as, here we go, just another numbers drive. You know, it's just all, all they want to do is bigger, 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 more and more. You know, all that's all they want to do. And I've decided that I'm not going to apologize for that. We are on a numbers drive till Jesus comes back. <laughs> every number has a name and every name has a story, right? You're one of those numbers and, and you're, you're important. You're valuable. You mean something to Jesus Christ. Jesus died for you, right? But you're, you're, you're a part of, of our story, of our numbers. And frankly, our, our, our growth you know, pattern, our numbers have just been flat for too long and we cannot be okay with that. We need a holy discontent for status quo and a burning fire for status grow. We can never get comfortable. We can never feel like, well, we've arrived. We're Moncton Wesleyan. We're, we're whatever. Remember that time we baptized 101 people? We baptized 101 people. I mean, that was, that's crazy, right? And uh, we have a, we've got a baptism coming up again on November the 10th. Write it down. We're gonna, I don't know how many we're going to baptize, right? If we baptize one, it'll be exciting, right? Okay, baptism Sunday, November the 10th. So we have several new believers here right now, and I'm praying we're going to have several more after our services today. And we would love to baptize you on November the 10th. Baptism is following Jesus just as, just as he was baptized, as he set the example. Baptism is an outward demonstration of an inward transformation. So what, if you're interested in baptism, if you need to be baptized, you'd like to be baptized, take out your comment card, give us your information, write baptism on the comment card, and then uh, leave it so that we can get, you know, leave it on your way out. There's, there's 
There's containers on your way out, like giving containers. You can drop it in one of those. You can drop it at the information center in the lobby. You can put it in an offering box. You can give it to someone who looks like they know what they're doing. And, uh, and let us know that you'd like to be baptized on November 10th. Drawing a crowd is pointless, gang, if we're not seeing people come to Jesus and being baptized. Okay? And we are seeing people come to Christ. Jesus said in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, that he came to seek and to save those who are lost. Lost people matter to God. Jesus' mission, the whole point, the whole point of God's providential, redemptive plan was to send his son, Jesus Christ, into this messed up world to find us, to reach us, to to bring us back, to restore our relationship with God the Father. Jesus' mission should be my mission. Jesus' mission should be your mission. The mission of Moncton Wesleyan, we exist to lead thousands of people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we exist. That's what we're here for. And it's not enough to just put, you know, everyone welcome out on a, on a sign on St. George Boulevard. That's not enough. We have to be an intentional, invitational people. We've got to be looking for others. We've got to be thinking, who can I bring to Christ? How can I be a part of God's mission and what God wants to do in this city? Uh, We're not to our text yet, but let me give you a little bit of bonus bonus homework. Because I know everybody loves bonus homework, right? All right, bonus work for this afternoon is Luke... Luke chapter 15, and Jesus uses three illustrations for lost things in Luke chapter 15. It's the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the lost son in Luke chapter 15. The lost sheep is a story about people who are lost through preoccupation. They're lost, ah, there's the sheep. Lost through preoccupation. They're just not paying attention. They're not thinking about spiritual things. They're their focus is on other things. The story of the lost coin reminds us of people who are lost because of the carelessness of others. There are people all over our city who have had a really bad church experience. When you invite them to church, it's all the others, all the, the bad church experiences that they've had or the, the hypocrite experiences that they've had and, and all that sort of stuff. But it just it doesn't give them a, a real good feeling. The story of the lost son or the prodigal son is, is, it teaches us about someone who's lost because of miscalculation. They added it all up and it, it just, you know, they, they, they took their chances, thought he had it all figured out, thought he had a better way, and it, it, didn't, it didn't work out. Miscalculation. And a lot of people think they've got it all figured out. We're going to look at Luke chapter 5 this morning. And a story of some friends who were all in committed to getting their friend to Jesus. Uh, earlier in the week, several of us, uh, the pastors on staff here, we went down to Sussex. Uh, Kingswood University is there, uh, Bible College uh, for the Wesleyan Church. And we went down to Kingswood to hear author Mark Buchanan speak. And the text that I'm going to use and several of the points I'm going to make are, are right from Mark. And I was just sitting there listening, thinking, Thank you, Lord. This is exactly where we need to go Sunday morning at Moncton Wesleyan. So here we go. Mark, uh, sorry, Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. 
It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. Now, try to picture this, okay? Some buddies show up with a dude, a friend, and they're carrying him on, his, on a paralyzed guy on his sleeping mat. And they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof, took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knew what they were thinking, and so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. And everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. Isn't that a great way to leave church? Isn't that just the way that you should be headed for your car each week with, with just gripped with wonder and awe and just saying, we, God, you've done it again. We have seen you do great things again. So the question this morning for all of us is how far will you go? How far will you go to see others come to Jesus? How far are you willing to go in order to see someone else come to Christ? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to risk? How much do you care? How concerned are you for the souls of others? And a crowd should never keep someone from Jesus, as we see in this text. A crowd can get so focused and turned in on itself that it can, it can just forget about all the, all the others. You can even be looking right at Jesus, listening to his teaching, listening to the, the words of Jesus and be completely oblivious that there's someone else who's trying to get in. There's someone else who, who desperately needs a touch from Jesus Who's, who's hoping against hope, who, who wants to, to have a face-to-face encounter with Jesus Christ. Mark Buchanan shared last week that it's, it's not that there is no room, it's that people won't make room. Ouch. Right? All God's people said, ugh. Look around. It's not that there is no room, it's that we won't make room. That hit me hard. One of the fires of your life that should always be increasing in intensity is your fire to see others come to Jesus. 
And that fire, usually when you're a new believer, it, that, that fire's often just, just raging. It's just glowing. It, it just, you just, everywhere you go, right? And, and you're so excited about what God has rescued you from and, and what you're learning and all of that. And yet over time, that fire seems to just, it just goes down, doesn't it? And it should be the opposite. The longer you know Jesus, the more you should burn for Jesus. The, 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 the closer you get to Jesus, there, there should be that fire of, of passion and concern and, and, and just, plain, just burden for others. That fire should grow, not, not, not diminish. And God is likely speaking to several of us right now, saying that that, that, that fire for others is going, it's been going out in your heart and your life for a long time. It's been a long time since you were actually burdened and broken for someone who's far from me. This series is called Here to There because we don't want you to be satisfied with here, wherever here is in your life. And we want to paint a picture in this series of, of what could happen in our church if we all went there. You know, if we all said, let's go, let's, let's, let's change, let's, let's do this. What could happen if, if all of us this morning decided that we need to be doing more to bring others to Jesus? What would happen if, if everyone who's here this morning said, you know what, no more uh, obstacles, no more uh, backing down, no more, you know, being uh, discouraged or, or being shy about this. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get lost people to Christ. What could happen if all of us in this room decided to do that? What if we reached out more? What if we were more intentional in our relationships with spiritually lost people? What if we were more determined to love like Jesus? What if we did more inviting, more reaching, more, more caring people who are never going to make it here on their own strength? You see, when some people think about going to church, they get paralyzed. They're like this, this brother in the story on his sleeping mat. And, and, and there's, just, there's, there's this blockage. There's, this, all, there's all these reasons why, and they just, they just get paralyzed. They can't take that next step. It's not easy to get up on a Sunday morning and get ready to go to a church that maybe you've never been to before. You have no idea what to expect. You don't know if you know anyone there. You know, I mean, that takes a lot of, of effort. I think another challenge that we have is Canadians are notoriously unoffensive. We're just, we just, we're so determined to never offend anyone, Right? That you, and you, you feel this way when you, when maybe the Holy Spirit, you know, gives you a little nudge to say something like, well, I don't want to offend them. I don't, I don't want to offend them. And I think we're so concerned about offending people that we, we, just, we just shut down and we don't invite anyone. We're content to just kind of, you know, maybe it'll just happen organically. Let's just, let's just let it happen by itself. You know, God will bring whoever God wants to bring. Well, 
the truth is, gang, God, God sends us out of here like missionaries into a lost and dark, dying world that desperately needs us. We can think, well, maybe God will, you know, maybe he'll rewire their GPS and, and they'll accidentally end up here. You know, just pull into the Moncton Wesleyan parking lot on a Sunday morning at 5 to, 5 to 11. I don't know how I got here, you know, my car just drove in by itself. Verse 19, let me read it again. But they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. God help us. So they went up to the roof, took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. I love their determination. We're going to get you to Jesus if it kills us. <laughs> right? Like, we might all fall through this roof. <laughs> We're just not going to, to stop. We're going to get you to Jesus regardless of how much this roof is going to cost us. We don't care what, what others think. And yeah, they, you know, the whole, everything's going to stop. They're all going to be staring at, you know, who are these clowns and what, what do they think they're, they're doing? And people might think, isn't that a little radical? We don't care. We're not going to let the first obstacle deter us or the second obstacle or the third obstacle deter us. You are going to have, did you see that fly just hit me in the ear? All right, it won't deter me. It just, boom, it just hit me right in the side of the head. Guarantee that won't happen in the second service. You are going to have a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus if we have to tear a hole in someone else's roof and lower you right into the middle of the crowd. And I, gang, everyone, everyone should have an opportunity to meet Jesus face-to-face -face and decide for themselves who he really is. Everyone. And sometimes it takes a spectacle to get people to see who Jesus is, or to get people to even have that face-to-face -face encounter with Christ. I understand that. Sometimes it requires a spectacle, but not always. Not always. And, and we will give you some spectacle opportunities. That's, that's, that's part of our deal here at Bunkton Wesleyan. It's part of our DNA. We'll, we'll give you spectacle opportunities to bring people to Jesus. But don't wait for those opportunities. Don't wait for just the spectacle. Don't, don't think, well, I'll invite someone when they're doing something big, Right? Because we need to be inviting people week by week, be, every week, because Jesus is here and he is our special guest. Okay? So let's, let's do that. Okay, verse 20. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Do you think that's what he expected to hear? Your sins are forgiven. We're all broken. We're all needy. We all have parts of our lives that are broken and messed up. And people come to Jesus for different reasons, right? We all have our stuff, your stuff that you're hoping Jesus will fix, right? Hoping that he can heal this or hoping Jesus will restore that. There are probably people right here this morning or people tonight at Cafe Church that are, you're, you're hoping that there is a God you're hoping that he hears you. You're hoping that he sees your situation today and that, that he'll fix whatever it is in your life that, that you know is completely, totally broken, that it's not working. 
You've exhausted all your other options, and, and you're just open to God doing a miracle in your life today. Let me tell you, the first miracle that God wants to do in your life today is the biggest miracle of all. He wants to forgive your sins. That's the big one. There is no bigger fix than forgiveness. Nothing. Jesus sees all of your needs. But the reason that he came into this world is to pay the penalty for your sins, for my sins, to die on a cross in our place, and he rose again from that grave with the power to set you free for all of eternity. And of all the fixes that you need, and God knows that we have a lot of them, there's no fix bigger than forgiveness and what God wants to do in your heart and your life. That's the big one. That's the first one. Let him, let him fix your soul. This is a good lesson for all of us this morning, Moncton Weston. Because, as, you know, as a church, we've got a lot of ministries, a lot of things here going on, and we reach out to a lot of people in a lot of unique ways. But let us never forget that our first priority is souls coming to Jesus Christ, being forgiven for eternity in Jesus' name. That's why we do what we do, to see people come to Jesus. If you catch yourself mumbling this morning, you know, is it all about others? Yes. Yes, it is. If you wonder why we give an invitation to receive Jesus in almost, almost all of our services, you know, we, we try to do that. This is, this is why. If you're waiting for me to get used to empty seats, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to get used to empty seats. I'm not going to calm down or tone it down or stop talking about the empty seats. It's not going to happen. The core vision and the core mission of this church is the same as it has always been. Bring others to Jesus. That's why we do what we do. Now, the religious people who were there to hear Jesus, they got their bulletins bent. When Jesus, when Jesus forgives the young man's sin, and that's a picture of dead churches who are really good at religion but horrible at grace. That's a picture of dead churches that are really good at religion but horrible at grace. It's people who, who, who want to box God in and they say, okay, God, this, this is, you have to do you know, it my way. They're stuck in their traditions and they can't accept you know, Jesus forgiving this young man's sin. They can't accept Jesus being the son of God. And, and just a reminder here this morning, just, just the kind of things that we all need to be reminded of from time to time. Salvations trump traditions every time. Salvation trumps traditions every time. Even good traditions. It's a good time for me to remind us all this morning uh, speaking of traditions, what made me, made me think of this was the living Christmas tree. 40 years, right? And, and those of you who were involved in the living Christmas tree for so many years, I hope you're praying for this year's Christmas production. Those of you who prayed for the living Christmas tree, I hope you're praying for this year's Christmas at the celebration center. Don't, you know, don't just sit around and say, I, I, I want the living Christmas tree. Not that I'm getting like tons of feedback on that. I'm not. 
but, but let's pray for the future. Let's, let's pray ahead for all those people who are going to be coming into that Christmas production that we're going to have an opportunity to share Jesus Christ with those folks. Pray for hundreds of salvations. Speaking of prayer, a Pray Together night is coming this Tuesday night, 7.30. Here to there, we're going from 30 people in the last prayer meeting to 300 Tuesday night at 7.30. That's here to there, all right? Hey, awesome, you're with me. Verse 24. Verse 24. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, went home praising God, and everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. He's healed and he's forgiven. This young man is healed and forgiven because there were people in his life who said, we're going to get you to Jesus if it kills us. We're just not going to stop. We're not going to give up. And I'm asking us all this morning, are there people in your life who you are, you are trying your best to get them to Jesus, to bring them to Jesus, to lead them to Jesus, to get them face-to-face with Jesus where God can do something in their lives. And you will. You'll face obstacles. You'll face crowds, barriers, scoffers, and all that. You might have to get creative. You might have to rip something open. You might have to tear something apart. It might cost you something. How far are you willing to go in order to see others come to Jesus? Is there room in your life for others? And it's possible that God has put people all around you who desperately need Jesus. And, and we're, we're so focused, aren't we, on our, on our own stuff and our own lives. It's easy to feel like, I got all I can handle. You know, I'm doing all that I can, that I can do right now. I don't have any margin in my life for, for other people. And we're just focused on our own stuff that we, we actually keep people from, from seeing who Jesus is. There could be people who've, who've caught a glimpse of who Jesus is. They've seen something in our lives and they're looking for a way in and they're trying to find an opening in our lives where they can get a closer look at Jesus Christ and we can just be so busy and so focused and gotta get through this day and gotta, gotta get you know, through this week that we don't, we don't see them. And here's the temptation, gang. Because we've all, we've all heard messages like this before. You've, some of you have heard Pastor, Pastor B, you know, preach and preach and preach on this for years and years and years. You've heard me do two or three of these already in my time here at the church. And, and we've, we just can't tune this out. We can't change the channel. We can't just think, oh, you know, I've been down that road before. My prayer today for us Moncton Wesleyan, is that the Holy Spirit would, would just blowtorch this in our lives. That the Holy Spirit would, would, would convict us and, and just, just reignite that passion, that burden for lost souls. That we would just, we would leave here today saying, that, you, know, you know, look what God is doing. Thanking God for what he's doing in my life and just, and just go out of here thinking, God, give me eyes to see. 
Give me a broken heart for the people that you've put all around me who are desperate for you. Help me to lead others to Jesus Christ. That we would see people as souls that are destined for eternity, either with Jesus or without Jesus. That God would, would, would somehow crank up the corporate spiritual urgency of this congregation. And as a church and as individuals, we would declare that we cannot stay here. Whatever, whatever here is, we've got to go there. We want to see spiritually lost people coming to our church every week and lives being changed on a regular basis and people coming face to face with Jesus Christ where first of all, Jesus can save their souls and set them free and, and, and heal their, their hearts and lives and then he can work on the other stuff in their lives as they continue to surrender and, and trust God in every area of their lives. Thank you. I was going over my notes this morning and I was thinking about this moment right here. And, 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 and I was, you know, coming to you to say, if God brings someone to your mind. I was coming to you to say, pray and ask God to bring someone to your mind. And God brought someone in my mind. And I just bowed my head there in my office and said, yeah, Lord, you're absolutely right. I've, I've, I have a neighbor that uh, I've been friendly with but not intentional and I need to see those neighbors as, as souls destined for eternity either with Jesus or without. And what happens if I just blow those people off? And what happens if I'm just at a, such a surface level that the conversation never goes anywhere? What happens if I just feel like it's someone else's responsibility? God, God put somebody in their life. And I'm just walking by every day. Bam. God, you see, God can't do much with an empty chair. But he can change lives of those who have a face-to-face encounter with Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, you, you spoke to me this morning on this and, and, and really convicted me and, and burdened me again for the people who are all around me. And what am I doing to introduce them to you? What am I doing to... Go over and above, and, and how willing am I to risk being offensive, to risk it all, and how determined am I that these people would see clearly who Jesus is and how much you love them, that you died for them. And if I believe what I believe, then, Lord, my, my heart should be broken for those who don't know you. And if I believe what I believe, that Jesus is the answer, God help me. God help me to do everything I can to not give up, to have a, a, a 
holy discontent in a, a greater burden for people who are spiritually lost. Lord, I know you're, you're speaking to us. My prayer right now, God, is for those, who, our congregation, my congregation, your people, Lord, that you would rekindle the fire of evangelism in our hearts. That you would give us a, a fresh passion and fire, renewed uh, burden for spiritually lost people today. That this would not be a, something that we just quickly blow off, something where we go back to normal 10 minutes from now or tomorrow. But God, you would, you would break our hearts for our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors, our family members, anyone we, anyone we meet, anyone we know who's far from you. And help us to reach out. Lord, I want to pray right now for anyone who's here that's, that's been, just been holding back from really giving you their lives. Maybe God, they've been here for years and, and you've been speaking to them and giving them opportunities to, to come to you, to trust you as their savior, to make the decision to follow you, to allow you to, to come into their lives just like this young man did and, and forgive them of their sin and to make them, make them your child. God, I just had a burden on my heart this week for people who come here every week and have never crossed the line of faith and have never said, Jesus, I believe you are God's son and I want you to invite you into my life right now. And I want you to come and save me from my sin and be my Lord and Savior. And God, I'm believing right now that there are people who are praying that prayer right now. That there are people who are coming to you and opening up their their hearts and their lives to you right now in this moment. And they're saying, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. I accept your, your free offer of grace today. And I will live for you. I will serve you with the rest of my life. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this opportunity this morning. An opportunity that I've, I've declined many, 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 many times. Today's the day when I'm coming to Jesus Christ and trusting you as my Savior.